When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, it is. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, once again, sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle here on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and over on ESPN2 until 8 a.m. Eastern time. The show, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can see both Mike and I sharing the similar dress code today, our Jeff Dickerson hoodies. Today is the two-year passing of our longtime friend, our longtime colleague from ESPN Radio, from ESPN's NFL Nation. And when Mike and I were coordinating for today's show, I was like, do you have a JD hoodie? Do you have a JD t-shirt? And he's like, yeah, I've got one. You think it'd be okay to wear on air? And I'm like, if there's anything Jeff would love more than us <laughs> talking about the dumbest things that happen in football, the silliest things that happen in sports, which we're going to get into. There's so much to talk about, about this Russell Wilson situation, the $85 million in dead cap that the Denver Broncos are going to have to take on and just all of the conundrum that came with arguably the worst trade in NFL history. It's the fact that we're able to honor him today on ESPN radio. I know that I wouldn't be in this situation without his guidance, getting me into ESPN radio, getting so many of us from NFL nation. Mike, you worked with him longer than I did as part of that original NFC North group at ESPN's NFL nation. And I remember just all of the moments we had during those summits when we were in Bristol, like those are the memories I hold on to two years post Jeff's passing. Yeah. I, listen, JD was um, still weird to say was, yeah, by know. the way. Um, JD was just an integral part of our group for me, it, me, him, Rob Demosky, who covers the Green Bay Packers for us. Uh, ben Gessling was actually who now works for the Star Tribune because there's, we've had a few Vikings writers. Uh, like it was the four of us initially and Michael C. Wright, who now covers the NBA for, uh, I think, NBA TV. Like it was really the five of us at first covering the NFC North because I covered the Lions. And yeah, I mean, J.D., when I got to ESPN and moved to the NFL was like such a big help and such a good friend. And he was the most positive. He was uh, an incredibly positive person. I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this, right? (laughs) Like he, he was the most positive person, but also the most like sarcastically positive person. In his, a lot of his ways, sardonic Courtney. humor. Yeah, that, that's probably the b- better word for it. Anyone um, who's worked at ESPN Radio, yeah. Pat, I know that you had con- a connection with him. Mikey C, you had a connection with him. Like, that's what lives on. Like, I was talking with some of our producers the other day, and just some of the like insane moments that happen with the Chicago Bears, <laughs> a team that I cover because of Jeff Dickerson. Mike was talking about those Minnesota Vikings writers. I was one of them for a period of time. And after Jeff passed, I came down to Chicago, where I'm from, where I currently reside right now. And it's been like today we are going to give away our Media Good Guy Award for. For those who don't know, every NFL team through the Pro Football Writers Association of America hands out an award at the end of the season to a coach or player who exemplifies, you know, what it means to be a true professional in the respect of of the media, helping us do our jobs by being 
available on a regular basis. And we renamed the award last year or two years ago to the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award. And so we're all going to be wearing our hoodies today. I just thought it was a really cool way for us to get into the show today um, and just yeah. honor him a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, not only that, I mean, I, it really just hit me, too. So there's a foundation. It's the Vaughn McClure and Jeff Dickerson Foundation. It's I moved down to Atlanta from Detroit after Vaughn McClure, who used to cover the Bears, then moved when he got hired by ESPN and started covering the Falcons, moved here, and him and JD were close until mm-hmm. Vaughn, unfortunately, and, and tragically passed away as well. And there's a foundation, again, the Vaughn McClure and Jeff Dickerson Foundation. You can Google that if you are interested. Uh, we have that foundation in the two of their names. It's odd that the two – it feels odd that – actually, it just hit me that the two of us are doing this show considering both of us knew them both so well and then ended up moving into where they were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that feels weird for a second yeah, to say the, that. Sorry, the, TV, for, ta- <laughs> for, for kind of shivering there a little bit uh, as you sometimes get chills when you think of people that you care about. Yeah, the TV – it's tvmjd.org. That is the Vaughn McClure – and Jeff Dickerson Foundation. We run an event every summer. It's taken place the last two years in Chicago in June. So if you're ever able to come out for that, if not, if you're able to donate, every dollar counts going towards the causes that meant a lot to both of these gentlemen gone too soon. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It ain't. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious cold taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Me stumbling through a tease is something that JD would absolutely be rolling (laughs) on the floor about here this morning. (laughs) Um, But the phone lines are going to be open throughout the show because there's so much to talk about when it comes to this insane situation with the Denver Broncos. Yesterday, we find out that Russell Wilson entering week 16 is being benched. Now, the reason behind it is a little murky, depending upon who you ask. But let's hear from Adam Schefter, who broke this news on Wednesday about the benching. Russell Wilson going to QB2, Jared Stidham going to QB1. Sean Payton didn't trade for Russell Wilson. He wasn't the one that engineered that trade. He came in, coached him this year. Uh, There were good moments and bad moments. And we see how that went. And so... I think this is a message that they're sending that Russell Wilson is not a part of their long-term future. And a very expensive message at that. So the Denver Broncos, Mike, are going to have to take on $85 million in dead cap if they are to part ways with Russell Wilson in March, which it feels like that is a foregone conclusion at this point. You don't bench somebody and then expect them to come back. When they're healthy, expect them to come back and be your guy. Let's get the nuts and bolts of this. So remember, he was traded from the Seattle Seahawks. He had a no-trade clause that he had to waive back in 2022 to come from Seattle to the Denver Broncos. The commanders were apparently in that too. He said, I don't want to go there. I want to go to Denver. That was a very, very lucrative contract that he ended up, that he already had like attached to his name. And then of course he ends up signing the contract extension in the fall of 2022. 
22, there's $85 million in dead cap. So that means all of the money that they would incur by moving on from Russell Wilson, can they spread that out over two years? Yes, they can. But the financial penalty here for the Denver Broncos is massive for a quarterback that Sean Payton was not responsible for bringing to the organization. No, not at all. And that was one of the big questions of, A, why Sean Payton took the Denver job, and B, how long this was going to last. Because Russell Wilson, if you've read various stories written by various very well, very good reporters, uh, wow, my English is great this morning, Courtney, uh, very good reporters throughout the last couple of years, you know that there have been some issues with Russell Wilson and maybe their departure from Seattle. Our own Brady Henderson wrote a story about that back in, I guess, a year ago now in August uh, during Russell Wilson's first year in Denver. But remember, then they traded for him. It was Nathaniel Hackett as the quarterback. That went about as bad as it could go, Courtney. So they're mm-hmm. like, we're going to bring in Sean Payton because Sean Payton gets the most out of everybody that plays for him. And it's very clear that maybe Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, it seems like, do not get along, do not see things on the same page. So they're going to move on because Sean Payton, it feels like, knows he doesn't want to tie his second stint as an NFL head coach to Russell Wilson because that seems like it might not be a winning proposition. Even though he has, Courtney, here's the thing, he hasn't played that terribly this year. No, he really hasn't. And that's part of it here. Like, so to recap, when he when he gets traded, he ends up signing a five-year, $242.6 million contract. And this season, for everything that went so wrong in his first season in Denver, the season's actually been better. He's top 10 in touchdown passes and passer rating, but then – the deficiencies within this offense, their down production, goal-to-go situations, they're 22nd in the red zone. Those are the things that Sean Payton is saying necessitated the change here, that it had nothing to do with financial reasons. Let's hear from the head coach of the Denver Broncos on the decision he made to bench Russell Wilson. I understand all the, the speculation and everything that surrounds a move like that. And I could tell you we're desperately trying to win and Sure, in our, in our game today, there are economics and all those other things, but the number one push behind this, and, and it's a decision I'm making, is to, you know, get a spark offensively. That's Sean Payton, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, saying that this was a decision that was made for football reasons. The Denver Broncos lost last week a last-second field goal for, uh, by the New England Patriots, gave them another loss. They have the Los Angeles Chargers this week, a 5-10 and 10 team facing a 7-8 and eight Broncos team, which has a 7 or 8% chance as, currently, as it currently stands to make the postseason. If they win this game, that goes up to 13. That's what Sean Payton is saying is the reasoning behind this. But, Mike, we all know that this was not strictly a football decision. When you go back to that game against... Detroit a couple of weeks ago when you see Sean Payton and Russell Wilson exchanging words and really it was a one-sided yelling match from the head coach of the Denver Broncos just verbally berating there it is right there over on ESPN2 if you're watching us on TV at the moment just absolutely incensed with the play of his quarterback there are moments this season where you thought okay is, is Russ finally getting it? Is his offense clicking? They're a seven-win team, and that's not just because of the play of their defense, which has been all up and down all over the map this year. There have been good moments from Russell Wilson. 
is it the Russell Wilson that they thought they were going to get when they traded for him, when he had his, you know, when he was always in the MVP conversation but never the MVP in Seattle? No, it wasn't. But to say that this was strictly a financial or strictly a football decision when we know from the reporting from multiple different outlets that's currently out there about all of the all of the injury guarantees that the team had reportedly tried to get him to waive in recent re- weeks and he wouldn't feels like there's some, you know, backbiting going on within the Denver Broncos organization in a very tenuous time and a very tenuous moment for a front office that brought him in that may be seeing its way out the same time that Russell Wilson sees his way out in the offseason. Well, we'll see about that, whether they move on from George Payton or not, But who's their general manager. But here's the thing, right? Seattle, whether it was Nathaniel Hackett, whether it was George Payton, they should have done their homework. They should have done their research because it was very clear that things were not good in Seattle, which led to the trade of Russell Wilson. Like that, like that was very, very clear. All you need to do was pay attention to any of the players who were in Seattle who maybe have talked after and any of the stories that were coming out about Russell Wilson. Like you knew what you were getting into when you signed Russell Wilson and when you were sorry, when you, rather you traded for Russell Wilson. You knew that, Denver. You did. And you did it anyway, and that's fine because you felt like, okay, can make this work. And guess what? You didn't need to give him that big contract, but you did. And this is what happens now. And now, whether Sean Payton wants to admit it or believe it or not, if you move on from him, you're going to almost force yourself into a sort of a rebuild mode because of the amount of dead cap that is going to be on there. Because I don't know if there's a team in the NFL that would want to take on that contract for the level of quarterback play that you would be getting from him. As bad as some of the quarterback play, Courtney, has been in the NFL this year. I don't know if that contract would be commensurate with that type of play. And then that leaves the question of what might happen with Russell Wilson in the future, yeah. which we can get into, and a whole lot more. Because this is a fascinating conversation on so many levels, both for Russell Wilson, for the Broncos, and for Sean Payton as well. Russell Wilson did not talk during the normal day that quarterbacks speak across the league on Wednesdays, but he did break his silence on social media about seven hours ago. Quote, God's got me looking forward to what's next. Aren't we all figuring out whether that will be a trade, if he waives his no trade clause, or if he ends up forcing the Denver Broncos hand and getting cut in the offseason and then being able to take on all of that money himself. Go get your money if you sign that contract. Don't do the team any favors, and then we'll see if he ends up somewhere else next year. Plenty more to get to on this front, and also the other quarterbacks in the NFL who found out yesterday that they were being benched. We discuss next here on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Isn't the only quarterback that's being benched for week 17. Washington making a change, going from Sam Howell to Jacoby Brissett. We learned that on Wednesday as well. And, of course, the New York Giants going to roll on with Tyrod Taylor instead of Tommy DeVito. This is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin. Mike Rothstein sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle. You will see them back here at the start of the new year. The show, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. This one doesn't make as much sense to me, Mike, as the Russell Wilson benching because all and let's like we have to factor in all of the things that surround this Washington team right now. Ron sure. Rivera, Eric Bieniemy, that entire staff probably on the way out in 2024, like week 18. I think we're that Monday after that's one of the first teams that we're expecting to hear something from as far as going in a different direction with their head coach. Jacoby Brissett is going to start this weekend for the Washington commanders. And that means that Sam Howell, who has thrown 19 interceptions, 19 touchdowns this year, but league high 17 interceptions. He's been sacked way more than any quarterback in the NFL 60 times through 15 weeks this season, 15 games this season. I don't understand the timing of this as far as this is this Ron Rivera trying to save his job, which it It feels like for weeks the writing has been on the wall that he's out. Um, Washington's not a playoff team. This is not a team that is currently vying for anything. They've been mathematically eliminated now for a week or two. I don't understand this point that they've gotten to where they all of a sudden say, all right, we're turning to Jacoby Brissett, but he also may not start the final week of the season against the Dallas Cowboys. He, he, he at least put it out there that it sounds like it's going to be a one-week decision. Yeah, but it could also be, and I cover the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN, and you saw this Desmond Ritter end up getting benched twice this year, but mm-hmm. the first time they did it in part was to try and give him a different vantage point because – He had not been a starter really before his first time on the bench when he was backing up Marcus Mariota last year. And then he started for 12 games. And then he wasn't playing all that well. He was turning the ball over. So they wanted to give him a different vantage point for a week or two because sometimes that can help once you have that starting experience to then look and say, okay, so this is what's going on now. This is what it looks like from here. I can learn from this. And then you potentially end up being a starter again. And you can hopefully take that, learn from it, and move on. That did not necessarily work for Desmond Ritter because the turnovers were still an issue and he got benched in Atlanta for Taylor Heineke, the former Washington Commanders quarterback. But it is entirely possible that Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy are doing the same thing when it comes to Sam Howell and saying, listen, we think there's something here still, whether we're here or not, we think there's something here still. So let's take a step back, sit there, watch for a week, and then we'll reevaluate going into week 18. It could be that, even if Ron Rivera is not going to say that. And here's what he had to say about that decision. This is about, you know, Sam's continued development. And, you know, things hadn't gone as well as we'd like for the last few weeks. So, you know, we just think this is a good opportunity for him to watch. And, you know, I think Jacoby being the professional that he is and and, and really playing the way he has, has has really going to give, I think, Sam an opportunity to see some things and see how the offense – goes and and I think it'll help him 
what do you see as sort of the re, the a primary reason why Sam has uh, well, taken a step back? Well, I just think right now things just, you know, hadn't gone the, the way we'd like them to. And I think part of it, too, may be uh, the fact that he's played a lot of football this year, you know, going from from one situation to the other. And it's been hard, tough football. And, and I think this is, you know, an opportunity for him to take a breath. It hasn't gone well. Five over the last five games, eight interceptions, just two touchdowns. So he clearly has taken a step back. But I don't, I don't buy what you're putting down there, Mike. That this might be a way to provide a jolt behind Sam Howell for him to all of a sudden get a chance to step back and watch Jacoby Brissett how he operates the offense if it looks different. I know Terry McLaurin one of the wide receivers in Washington praised Jacoby Brissett for being a professional. He says he gives us the best chance to win. There's not much you're going to be able to win when you're facing the San Francisco 49ers in a get right game for them. So this could end up being a very long day for Jacoby Brissett in the offense. But if you're Ron Rivera making this decision, it, he, it's just being positioned out there. And from what I gather what you're saying, it, may, it just sounds like it's, oh, it's a goodwill move that he's trying to make. No, Ron Rivera is very likely out of his job in two weeks. Same with the rest of that staff that's going to be looking for a new landing spot in a different team, 31 other teams potentially that might end up hiring any of those coaches. I don't understand, like, if this is a last-ditch effort for Ron Rivera to, like, win two games, like, when it's already – all but a foregone conclusion that he's not going to be there. It doesn't make a whole ton of sense considering the quarterback play, I don't think, is going to be that much of an upgrade with Jacoby Brissett under center. It might be an upgrade. Jacoby Brissett's a better quarterback than people realize. He just keeps being put in really bad situations. You know, like he was in a Cleveland Browns situation last year where you knew that once Deshaun Watson came back, it, even though Jacoby Brissett actually acquitted himself fairly well, was not going to be the starting quarterback. He was in Indianapolis right after Andrew Luck retires. Like It's been a, a multitude of unfortunate circumstances for Jacoby Brissett that have led to him getting starting opportunities, but I buy what Ron Rivera is saying because I have seen it happen before with quarterbacks. I've seen it happen before with other position players. The example I like to use the most is Darius Slate. Darius Slate came into the league as a rookie, as a second-round pick, a highly talented cornerback out of Mississippi State. He started right away, and you want to know what, Courtney? It went really bad because corner is a really hard position to learn and to transition to from college to the NFL. So what happened? They benched Darius Slate. He watched for a while behind Rasheem Mathis and Chris Houston in Detroit. And then eventually he got another chance to play. And he has long said that that really helped him early in his career because he had a little bit of experience and then he was able to take that and understand it. Guess what? Darius Slay has had, at the very least, a hollow, very good career since. And you can maybe argue, depending how it goes, where he'll end up after that. The, the guy is one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL and has been for the better part of a decade at this point. So even though it's a different position, like that's the thought process behind it because sometimes, especially when you're talking about high-level athletes, if once they have the physical, if they can then take that physical and see the mental part of it, it can help once they get back on the field in a physical way. So that's, that is a legitimate thing that Ron Rivera said and something that a lot of coaches have tried and players have tried and said has worked before. And yeah, sure, Courtney, sometimes it can be a cover. It can but I don't think it is in this instance.
Ron Rivera is not going to be coaching on a team that has that. Sam Howell on the team next year. So to paint this as a goodwill move for the quarterback to give him a chance to learn from Jacoby Brissett when this Washington team is drafting third currently in the draft order next year, they're taking a quarterback. Sam Howell very well could have been a bridge quarterback for another year or two. If Washington had won more games, maybe they're out of the top 10. Maybe they're not in contention for a quarterback or at least picking one that would be able to start right away in 2024 that's the direction though they are headed next season and we'll see it does feel like Jacoby Brissett's going to be getting these final two starts for the Washington Commanders even though Ron Rivera was non-committal about what happens in week 18 but we also know that coaches like to look at things one week at a time and that's what they're doing here going into their game against the San Francisco 49ers another quarterback benching in the NFL. Somebody who's not being benched, but probably wishes in a lot of respects that he didn't have to play with this offense. I'm going to tell you who that is coming up next in the worst offense in the NFL. Is there any workaround for that team over in the AFC West? It's coming up next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motor, your motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance by visiting Progressive.com. Courtney Cronin and Mike Rothstein sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio and over on ESPN2. The Kansas City Chiefs are a couple days removed now from that loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, very demonstrative on the sideline for another game. He threw a pick six in that one. Changed very quickly, the tide of the game, that is, when the Las Vegas Raiders defense came alive and the Chiefs really had no chance to recover, Mike. And the conversation now, as they gear up for a game against the Bengals, two teams that are in a much different place than the last time this was must-see TV a year ago. Of course, no Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals and a Chiefs team that has six losses. They're going to have to go on the road in the postseason in order to try to get back to the Super Bowl. 
it begs the question of what this team needs to do offensively to get out of this rut. And these answers that we have not been able to find for weeks and weeks and weeks continue to mount. They do. And the answer in some ways is find wide receivers. And that's something that at this point in the year, they're not going to be able to do. That's going to be an offseason thing for Brett Veach and for Andy Reid to figure out. There are also questions of, well, why has this changed this year? And there's obviously the change in offensive coordinator. Even though Andy Reid remains the play caller, Eric Bieniemy in Washington, although that has not necessarily gone well in Washington either, replaced by Matt Nagy, who used to be the offensive coordinator before he went to Chicago to be the head coach. That didn't work. Now he's back. But it seems like whatever it is, they're just not meshing. There's just something off with this Kansas City offense. It's been like this really since week one. And a lot of people in week one, when they lost to the Lions in Arrowhead, a lot of people remember Travis Kelsey doesn't play in that game. People are like, oh, it's because Travis Kelsey didn't play. Remember there was that whole, there was an asterisk on this game mm-hmm. type of thing. Well, I think we've seen and is borne out throughout the course of the season that, no, there was no asterisk on that game. Kansas City's offense just isn't that good this year, Courtney. Yeah, and it's more than a wide receiver problem. Of course, that is the big glaring issue. It's something that they're going to have to address in the offseason. They didn't address it enough, or at least to the point where they, they, tried. they tried, but the draft picks have not panned out. Their free agent acquisitions were... MVS and at one point Juju Smith-Schuster he's no longer on the team he's with the New England Patriots but this is an issue that has become apparent from weeks now not just this past game on Christmas Day and when you have two of the happiest go luckiest guys in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey showing their anger as much as they have that leads you to believe that they know something's wrong that cannot be fixed this season let's hear from Travis Kelsey on his new heights podcast this is what he had to say about the frustrations within the Chiefs offense and maybe how they can get fixed can't catch a rhythm uh, and it's, it's not just the Raiders it's been uh, it's been a lot of teams that we've played uh, just trying to catch a rhythm and catch stride knowing that we got guys that we can win with it's just a it's a frustrating experience right now every single day we're going in here fixing it i promise you guys and it's not just one guy I, i'm it's not just me playing like dog it's not just us not being able to get the run game going it's not just us not being on the same page passing wise it's, everybody's in this thing together everybody at some point isn't being accountable and we all just got to bring it together man and put it together and i think uh we, we're taking a lot of learning learning shots uh and, and unfortunately we've lost a lot of those games in years past we've won those games found a way to win at the end special teams same thing it's really just our defense that's keeping us in games we were really you know banking on the defense giving us one last drive but we played so trash as an offense that we put the defense in a really really tough spot there at the end of the game and it was a uh, one play can just you know seal it and uh, and that's what happened there in the fourth quarter and it's frustrating when you know you got the guys and you got everybody that you need um and just things just aren't going your way right Well, they don't have everybody that they need. And I get that he's not trying to throw specific people under the bus, the receivers that are are more adept to dropping the ball than others. But we know that that's an issue here. And I'll say this about Travis Kelsey, Mike. I know he said that he played, he's played poorly. His words, we can't repeat, but... 
he has like in 14 games a season. Remember, he was dealing with injuries that game that you mentioned right. against the Denver, excuse me, Detroit no, Lions. Lions. He didn't yeah. play earlier this year. 90 catches, 968 yards, five touchdowns. Those numbers by anybody else's metrics would be great for a tight end at 34 years old. But for Travis Kelsey, that's a drop off within this offense. And you're seeing the effects of what happens when Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the Travis Kelsey of old and what that's doing to this offense, because that's his security blanket. That's supposed to be the guy he can rely on more than anybody else when his other receivers are failing him. And I'm not to say, I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes is without blame here. He's been off like the rhythm element that Travis Kelsey mentioned at the start of that clip Patrick Mahomes is part of the reason that this offense hasn't been able to get into a rhythm you're seeing throws not with timing and anticipation not in stride to where the receivers are you know timing their routes up with 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 Pat with Patrick Mahomes's drop and that's a problem that's a problem on everybody on this offense and when you've got two weeks left in the regular season to try to figure it out and you're running out of options it kind of feels like a hold on for dear life and just hope that you can get a win in the wild card round that you can all of a sudden regroup and become a different team in the postseason, which, of course, as we've talked about all week when it pertains to the Dallas Cowboys trying to take on a new identity, that kind of feels far fetched. It, it does. This offense has this is the worst this offense has looked since really the beginning of the 2015 season when Alex Smith was still the quarterback and they were, I think, what one in seven, one in six. And then they figured it out. Andy Reid kind of got it going. Alex Smith kind of got it going the second half of that season. They end up making the playoffs. If you remember, they went on a, an absolute heater to get into the postseason in 2015. And that really changed the trajectory of what we've seen from today's Kansas City Chiefs. Because eventually they go from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. After they draft Patrick Mahomes and they let him sit for most of the first year. But we haven't seen... This type of Chiefs struggles since that point early in 15. And you got to wonder what kind of how you fix it at this point. And I don't know what that answer is. And even, but here's the other part of this, Courtney. There have been shades of this, even in the goodness that has been the Kansas City offense in 2022 and really maybe even parts of 2021, but certainly 2022 once Tyreek Hill was gone. Mm-hmm. Was that. It became, if you remember last year, it felt like it was the Mahomes and Kelsey show, and Kelsey got like 20 targets a game, it seemed like. It wasn't quite that many, although there were times it was close because he was the only option, or by far the number one option. And what we're seeing now is that maybe when he's coming back to earth a little bit, he's still playing extremely well, but he's not the number one tight end in the league by far, which he has been in the past, for the past three, four years, that the rest of this offense just isn't able to coalesce. And also, they're not a heavy run team, but you could use a little bit more of Isaiah Pacheco or what the, they got before, even though he hasn't been as big of a part of the offense from Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Hilaire. Like, that's always been the part of this, is that that's been that small balance to help open everything up, and that hasn't really worked either. Well, you bring up the run game, and that's... That's been a big issue. So they're 21st in EPA per rush, 27th in success rate. Last year, those numbers were way up, 10th and 6th in those same categories. How much of this can we put on Andy Reid? Because you brought up the sure, point about Eric sure. Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator, not the play caller. That's the same arrangement that they have with Matt Nagy and Andy Reid this year. 
it just feels like Andy Reid is getting too much of a pass for the issues that this Chiefs team has dealt with offensively. And what you heard from Travis Kelsey is true. This defense under Steve Spagnuolo has gone from a liability to what's keeping this team in games, what's giving the offense another chance to go out there and eventually go three and out on a couple drives uh, that we saw in the Raiders game that just felt like that was a routine thing over and over again. But Andy Reid isn't being talked about within any of this. I don't know if it's just because he's won all these Super Bowls, he's won in two places in Philadelphia and in Kansas City, and because there's been so much change elsewhere, the change in personnel at receiver, the change in personnel at running back, Travis Kelsey's health, Patrick Mahomes having a rough season, the ups and downs, and when what's going on with the OC role, that Andy Reid is further down on the pie chart of blame percentage that he receives where he probably should be, you know, further up that conversation. Like, I, that's at least how I see it. I feel like he can't get a pass here considering all of the other things that have gone wrong when it's him calling the offense, him putting people in position, just despite the fact but that it, the offensive coordinator is a different person than it was a year ago. But it's also not him who's dropping the passes. It's not him who's making the players, wrong cuts. Yeah, of course, it's players not him play, who's but making the coaches wrong need like to Patrick put them Mahomes. in like position that's, no, that, to but play that's part of it, at Courtney, their best. Right, but listen, I don't think anyone's saying that Andy Reid is blameless here. He's not. No one's saying that. No one's, like, no one's I, also pinning the blame on him either. That's the problem. Well, because Andy we're see, because a massive you, you, pass on this nationally. But because we're seeing our eyes and seeing Patrick Mahomes make wrong reads. We're seeing receivers drop passes that have been caught in prior years. Like, sometimes your eyes tell you, okay, it's the players, right? Like, I mean, that's the – I've covered enough bad football. And the circle of life with bad football is that the coaches will say this and the players will say, well, we're, it's not the coaches' fault. We're not executing. And the reality is it's a combination of everything. Andy Reid is not blameless here, Courtney. Not, not in the slightest. And anyone who's saying that is not paying attention. He's not blameless, but also he can't literally go out there and catch passes for these guys. He can't make sure that they are reading the right hole in a run in a run fit. Like they they can't he can't say, "Hey, make sure you're blocking this guy correctly so he doesn't get blown by to pressure Patrick Mahomes." Like there's only so much he can do. Like the offensive coordinator for the Falcons I cover David Goins says this about quarterbacks, which is one, you have to be comfortable as a quarterback once the ball leaves your hand of whatever happens because you're out of the, that control. It's very similar for a head coach. Once you call that play, you have to be comfortable with what happens because you, at that point, have, have no control in what happens. And that's just the reality of it. It's both sides, Courtney. It's both the coaching and the players. But he can't make guys catch passes. He can't put crazy glue on their gloves. An unfamiliar territory for this Chiefs team. It's going. They're going into Week 17. They don't have 10 wins on their record. They're nine and six, but they are at home. They host the Cincinnati Bengals. Their chance to try to lock up another double-digit season, but their path to the playoffs is going to have to go away from Arrowhead this year. They're not necessarily in as much panic as some other teams that we're going to talk about, though. Coming up next on Unsportsmanlike, it's Courtney Cronin. It's Mike Rothstein. We're sitting in for Evan, Canty, and Michelle on this Thursday, as always, presented by Progressive. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's time to panic. It's a little early for this, but it's time to panic if you're a couple NFL teams either trying to get into the playoffs, trying to hold on to your playoff positioning before you get bounced out by another team. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein with you here on Unsportsmanlike. We'll bring in our producer, Pat Costello, to whip through a bunch of teams on this list. We were just talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, Pat, and I I know that the panic among a fan base, let's just put it, point out Chiefs fans, they've been so spoiled, which I know you are not thrilled about, and you have it's grinded your gears for a while. I heard it. Uh, on I'm over it at one point I'm with you but like if you're a Chiefs fan right now I think you're panicking pretty high considering you got to do some unknown this year and go on the road and see if you can get to the Super Bowl that way was that for me yeah it's my toss to you you'd be like yeah Courtney I agree those Chiefs fans are so freaking spoiled yeah unlike Eagles fans Eagles fans have never had nice things right so anyway the panic meter am I right uh, right. Scale from one to ten. How, I'm just how, gonna sit here and laugh. That's all. <laughs> I didn't want to address the Eagles thing. Scale from one to ten. How much should the Chiefs be panicking right now? I will go ahead and say it's a seven. And the reason I'm not at a full ten right now is because they do have Patrick Mahomes. I know that when we were talking, Mike, we've pointed out his flaws too. He's not absolved of blame right. in with the issues of this offense, but. You know, if there's any guy that can get you a win that maybe this team shouldn't, even though they're going to have to go on the road and be playing on Wild Card Weekend, it's probably number 15 until it isn't. Like, that's why I'm not going to full 10. I know that the receivers have let him down. Their run game's not great. But they do have a defense that can keep them in games. Defenses travel better oftentimes than some of these offenses do, especially the ones that are dealing with problems. So, not a full 10. I'm not hitting the alarm just yet, but my finger's getting close. I, I'm actually going to go lower than that. I'm going to go with a 5, and I say that because I, whatever happens the rest of the regular season happens the rest of the regular season. Because we know, like you said, they're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. We haven't seen that in a long time from the Kansas City Chiefs ever for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still Travis Kelsey. It's still Andy Reid. It's still a defense. It's still a team that has a lot of experience. And in a one-game scenario, I'm okay going with that experience because we have seen when the NFL, we have seen when people like us on radio have counted out the Chiefs before and said, oh, I don't know. 
And guess what? They somehow end up at least getting to the AFC title game anyway. So I'm not panicking yet, but there are definitely signs of things that are very concerning. But I don't think that there's full panic because we sit there and we also know the experience they have in the postseason. And that, to me, is what is selling me right now on why maybe the Chiefs will still be able to do some damage in the playoffs. Maybe not make the Super Bowl, but do some Mm -hmm. damage. All right, panic meter time here on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Pat, what's next? The Philadelphia Eagles, scale from 1 to 10, how much should they be panicking right now? I would say that they should be panicking at like a 7 because even in their win over the Giants, they didn't look great. The defense, they changed defensive coordinators. Matt Patricia, you know, it's me. I mean, kind of, it's not looking great. Jalen Hurts doesn't seem like he's, the same guy as he was last year. He's been calling out the Eagles a little bit, his teammates a little bit. I have a little bit more panic with the Eagles just because even though they have also been there before, it just feels like something is off there, much like it is in Kansas City. That game against the Giants on Christmas Day was too close for comfort. I know that they walk away with a win. They've got to face them again the end of the season. This is not a team that I feel very confident about getting out of the divisional playoffs. I put my panic meter right where Mike has his, at a 7, because this defense, like this team, is an 11-win team right now, and they're making a lot of panic moves. The change in defensive coordinator, their reports of players not being on the same page, a lot of finger-pointing going on behind closed doors. To me, that's not the sign of a team that's going to be geared up and ready to go and be able to use that as motivation. Usually that's to your detriment when you're getting ready for the postseason. So I'm going to say that they're a seven. I think that as a two seed, their draw and being able to have a home game wild card weekend will be to their benefit. But I'm not so confident that that next weekend in the divisional playoffs that they're going to be getting out of that and into the NFC championship. The Denver Broncos scale from one to ten. How much should they be panicking, especially after this Russell Wilson news? Uh, I put it at a four, and that's a weird place for me to say that considering they just benched their very expensive quarterback, but writing's on the wall here. He's not their quarterback next year. Like There is no pressure to go win now because you're going to be trying to win with Jared Stidham, and where they're drafting Mike in 2024, you know, seven-win team, let's say they get to eight wins, and they probably benched Russell Wilson so they can lose two more games, improve their draft positioning, and go get a – Jaden Daniels, go get a quarterback that falls after Drake May and Caleb Williams, and then move on that way. There's a new ownership group in place. They've given Sean Payton the keys to the kingdom. I don't think he's panicking. I think this is a move that he made to, you know, stop the bleeding and start moving in the right direction. I mean, yeah, it's a calculated move, but on the face face of it, it it looks like panic. I'm going to go with eight because – when you're wrenching your quarterback, that is can be calculated, but it feels panic. It reeks of desperation, whether it's strategic or not. And that might not make a lot of sense, but understand where I'm coming from there and just that you are basically willing to take an $82 million cap hit. That feels like a panic decision. So I'm going with an eight. All right. Time for one more. Yeah. Last one. The Jaguars, one to 10. Where are they on the panic meter? Put them all the way up at a nine for me. This is a team that's lost games that it shouldn't have. They are more talented than their record should at least 
be at this point, and now they've got a quarterback who's dealing with multiple injuries. So I put that at a nine. Yeah, I'm going to go with a ten because Trevor Lawrence has injuries. They're not playing that well, and also if you've listened to some of what Trevor Lawrence has said, it sounds like there is panic there because they're trying to figure everything out. The Jaguars are at a ten for me. Yeah. Didn't think that they would be at this point this year, but that's what has transpired down for the team that's currently top team in the AFC South. Will they stay there over the next couple of weeks? That's what we find out in week six, 17 and 18. All right, straight ahead. Is the Russell Wilson trade going to go down as the worst in NFL history? We discuss next here on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.